Hello and welcome. This is New Creation Common Prayer. Today we are called to worship with Psalm 83. God, don't be silent. Don't be quiet or sit still, God. Because look, your enemies are growling. Those who hate you are acting arrogantly. They concoct crafty plans against your own people. They plot against the people you favor. Come on, they say. Let's wipe them out as a nation. Let the name Israel be remembered no more. They plot with a single-minded heart. They make a covenant against you. They are the clans of Edom and the Ishmaelites, Moab and the Hagrites, Gebel, Ammon, Amalek, Philistia, along with the citizens of Tyre. Assyria, too, has joined them. They are the strong arm for Lot's children. Do to them what you did to Midian, to Sisera, and to Jabin at the Kishon River. They were destroyed at Endor. They became fertilizer for the ground. Make their officials like Oreb and Zeb, all their princes like Zeba and Zalmana. Those who said, Let's take God's pastures for ourselves. My God, make them like tumbleweeds, like chaff blown by wind. Just like a fire consumes a forest, just like flames set mountains ablaze, pursue them with your storm. Terrify them with your hurricane. Cover their faces with shame, Lord, so that they might seek your name. Let them be shamed and terrified forever. Let them die in disgrace. Let them know that you, your name is the Lord. You alone are most high over all the earth. Today's Old Testament reading comes from 2 Samuel 11, verses 1 through 27. In the springtime when kings go off to war, David sent Joab along with his servants and all the Israelites, and they destroyed the Ammonites, attacking the city of Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his couch and was pacing back and forth on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. David sent someone and inquired about the woman. The report came back, Isn't this Eliam's daughter Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? So David sent messengers to her. When she came to him, he slept with her. Then she returned home. The woman conceived and sent word to David. I'm pregnant, she said. Then David sent a message to Joab, Send me Uriah the Hittite. So Joab sent Uriah to David. When Uriah came to him, David asked about the welfare of Joab and the army and how the battle was going. Then David told Uriah, Go down to your house and wash your feet. Uriah left the palace, and a gift from the king was sent after him. However, Uriah slept at the palace entrance with all his master's servants. He didn't go down to his own house. David was told, Uriah didn't go down to his own house. So David asked Uriah, Haven't you just returned from a journey? Why didn't you go home? The chest and Israel and, Ju of Is and Israel and Judah are all living in tents, Uriah told David. And my master Joab and my master's troops are camping in the field. How could I go home and eat, drink, and sleep with my wife? I swear on your very life, I will not do it. Then David told Uriah, Stay here one more day. Tomorrow I'll send you back. So Uriah stayed in Jerusalem that day. The next day, David called for him, and he ate and drank, and David got him drunk. In the evening, Uriah went out to sleep in the same place, along with his master's servants, but he did not go down to his own house. 
The next morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it with Uriah. He wrote in the letter, place Uriah at the front of the fiercest battle and then pull back from him so that he will be struck down and die. So as Joab was attacking the city, he put Uriah in the place where he knew there were strong warriors. When the city's soldiers came out and attacked Joab, some of the people from David's army fell. Uriah the Hittite was also killed. Joab sent a complete report of the battle to David. When you have finished reporting all the news of the battle to the king, Joab instructed the messenger, if the king gets angry and asks you, why did you go so close to the city to fight? Didn't you know they would shoot from the wall? Who killed Jerubal's son Abimelech? Didn't a woman throw an upper millstone on top of him from the wall so that he died in Thebes? Why did you go so close to the wall? Then say, your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead too. So the messenger set off, and when he arrived, he reported to David everything Joab sent him to say. The men overpowered us, the messenger told David. They came out against us in the open field, but we fought against them up to the entrance of the city gate. Archers shot down on your servants from the wall. Some of the king's servants died, and your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead too. David said to the messenger, Say this to Joab. Don't be upset about this, because the sword is that way taking the life of this person or that person. Continue attacking the city and destroy it. Encourage Joab. When Uriah's wife heard that her husband Uriah was dead, she mourned for her husband. After the time of mourning was over, David sent for her and brought her back to his house. She became his wife and bore him a son. But what David had done was evil in the Lord's eyes. Today's New Testament reading comes from Acts chapter 19, verses 11 through 20. God was doing unusual miracles through Paul. Even the small towels and aprons that had touched his skin were taken to the sick, and their diseases were cured, and the evil spirits left them. There were some Jews who traveled around throwing out evil spirits. They tried to use the power of the name of the Lord Jesus against some people with evil spirits. They said, In the name of the Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you. The seven sons of Sceva, the Jewish chief priest, were doing this. The evil spirit replied, I know Jesus, and I'm familiar with Paul, but who are you? The person who had an evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them with such force that they ran out of the house naked and wounded. This became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus. Everyone was seized with fear, and they held the name of the Lord Jesus in the highest regard. Many of those who had come to believe came, confessing their past practices. This included a number of people who practiced sorcery. They collected their sorcery texts and burned them publicly. The value of those materials was calculated at more than someone might make if they worked for 165 years. In this way, the Lord's word grew abundantly and strengthened powerfully. Today's Gospel reading comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, verses 2 through 13. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and brought them to the top of a very high mountain, where they were alone. He was transformed in front of them, and his clothes were amazingly bright, brighter than if they had been bleached white. Elijah and Moses appeared and were talking with Jesus. Peter reacted to all of this by saying to Jesus, Rabbi, It's good that we're here. Let's make three shrines, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He said this because he didn't know how to respond, for the three of them were terrified. 
Then a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice spoke from the cloud, This is my son, whom I dearly love. Listen to him. Suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them not to tell anyone what they had seen until after the human one had risen from the dead. So they kept it to themselves, wondering, what's this rising from the dead? They asked Jesus, why do the legal experts say that Elijah must come first? He said, Elijah does come first to restore all things. Why was it written that the human one would suffer many things and be rejected? In fact, I tell you that Elijah has come. But they did to him whatever they wanted, just as it was written about him.
His praise and glory shall not fail throughout eternity. Majesty, Lord of all, let every throne before Oh, come adore our God who reigns forevermore. The Nicene Creed is a statement of Christian faith that goes back all the way to the year 325. It is a recitation of the common faith among all Christians about the triune God, the world, the church, and our future hope. It holds a special place among Christian creeds of faith as the only creed that has been affirmed by the Protestant, Catholic, and Eastern Orthodox branches of Christianity. If you know it, feel free to recite it along with me. If not, take this opportunity to listen to the core of our faith that has been handed down to us for nearly 2,000 years. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead in the life of the world to come. Amen. And now let us enter into a time of prayer for ourselves, our community, and the whole world. I invite you, wherever you're joining with us, to lift up your prayers, either out loud or silently, wherever you are today. Let's pray. Lord, we pray for your church, both our local congregation and the church worldwide. Help us to be unified in our mission today and to be great co-partners with your spirit wherever we find ourselves. Lord, we pray for those who are suffering today, whether sick, injured, or oppressed. Be with them, supply their needs, 
and bring justice today, we pray. Lord, we pray for those who may consider us enemies, whom we have injured or offended. Grant them your peace and enable us to be peacemakers. Lord, we thank you for your many blessings, including these. And now let us pray the prayer our Lord Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As we depart this time together, go with these closing words from Psalm 85. Let me hear what the Lord God says, because he speaks peace to his people and to his faithful ones. Don't let them return to foolish ways. God's salvation is very close to those who honor him, so that his glory can live in our land. Go today in the grace and peace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'll see you tomorrow. New Creation Common Prayer is a ministry of New Creation Community Online, New Creation Community Middleton, and Nampa College Church. You can find out more about our ministries by visiting nampacollegechurch.com. Today's song was Crown Him Majesty, performed by Ryan Gage and recorded and mixed by Drew McKellips. All scripture readings were out of the Common English Bible. Today's psalm reading was read by Caleb Daniels. Today's Old Testament reading was by Caleb Daniels. Today's epistle reading was by Caleb Daniels. And today's gospel reading was by Caleb Daniels. Background music for New Creation Common Prayer was created awesomely by Keller Gage. Today's devotion was produced and edited by Caleb Daniels.